Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Here at the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their passion. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 32. Um, We've been plugging along with a lot of podcasts this month, and I'm really excited because I've had just a, a wealth of uh, experience and knowledge from the different guests that we've had come in, and today is definitely uh, no different. Um, I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. Her name is Lisa Bain, and she's the founder of Joy in the Cause, Joy to the Rescue, and all around joy, I guess. She's got, <laughs> she's got the market cornered on joy, and uh, what I want to do is, first of all, uh, introduce her to you in terms of what Joy in the Cause is and the passion that she has, the purpose she has behind the organization, but then also kind of just uh, dive a little bit deeper into the why. Why does she do what she does? So Lisa, uh, for our guests that don't know you, for our listeners who don't know who you are, uh, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and, uh, and what you do. Well, my name is Lisa Bain. A lot of people know me from my service dog, Mavis Pearl, who is our mascot, our ambassador for Joy in the Cause. Um, I have lived in Tulsa almost my whole life and graduated with a counseling degree and um, love the community. And really, this journey began for me about eight years ago when I was sitting at the foot of my mom's bed, who was my best friend. And um, she was told that she was filled with ovarian cancer, hadn't been sick a day in her life, told she had about five months to live. But on that same day, I was also given a call that said I had about five months left to walk. They did the exact words were throw away your running shoes and call it a day. <laughs> it all happened on the same day. Wow. So it, it could have been a very, very dark day. And I sat at the foot of my mom's bed and was to tell her about the news. So as I told her, she was filled with cancer. Of course, coming from a mom's heart, she was asking how I was doing. Well, she looked at me and there was like a 30 second pause and she just sat up and she said, Lisa, this is just a hoot. She said, you know what? We are going to make this journey about giving, about purpose, about giving to others in our darkest time and showing that there really can be the brightest treasure in the darkest place. So that really wasn't the response I was thinking, but I was like, okay, let's do this. So I would go to chemo appointments wearing chicken suits. We would wear party hats and bring balloons and t-shirts, sing songs, play games. And the atmosphere completely changed. And what we found on that journey was so eye-opening to us. We found that um, so many people are falling through the cracks. So many people don't have a support system. There are so many illnesses out there that don't fit. You know, mine is an autoimmune disease and I don't look sick, but there's so many that don't look sick that walk in so much pain. And so that began our journey. We saw how much that the smallest things made the biggest difference 
And it became our purpose to see what God had next and how we were going to expand these projects. And one thing led to another. And Mavis, our ambassador at the time I had as a therapy dog, I had a little girl that um, I was contacted about and asked to go visit her with Mavis. She was in her last moments of life before her journey home. And they said, can you please bring Mavis? And I said, yes. So we went and we visited this little girl. But before I went, I grabbed a little stuffed dog, dressed it up to look like Mavis. We walked in the room and I placed the little dog under her arm and Mavis was in her lap. And it was the most precious moment, um, a real um, game changer. Mm -hmm. And the, the mom looked at me as the little girl was passing and she said, you've got to make these dogs. This, this has made this moment so precious to us. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how Mavis got into the picture. Yeah. And that's how those little stuffed Mavis dogs got into the picture, mm -hmm. which have a part in all of the projects that grew from Joy in the Cause. You mentioned Joy to the Rescue. Um, my mom was a teacher and she had a heart for children. And as a social worker and counselor, I had a heart for children too. Mm -hmm. And we had been contacted by a local police that said, we really need your help. We know you help those that are struggling with a life-altering illness or special need. Can you help us with children that we come in contact with that are in the scariest time of their life? When uh, a family calls and says, we just decided we don't want our kids. We're leaving them here. Come pick them up. You know, there's no words for that. Yeah. We knew in um, this journey, and when I would listen to the stories of the first responders, I can't even tell you, it was heart-wrenching. So what we formed was Joy to the Rescue Project Kids in Crisis, and we provide the first responders tools through backpacks that are filled with items that help these kids going through whatever the need is. Mm -hmm. That project has grown through um, police officers, life flight, fire. We now work with trafficking victims through the Juvenile Bureau of the District Court. We, we've partnered with places like Calm and Tulsa Women Children. It's exploded. Um, that's been an eye-opening journey. I didn't yeah. realize the extensive need. That's kind of how that project took off. And the immense support of the community for this project has been mind-blowing. It has brought a community together. And, you know, one of the, the things that people ask me is, how has Joy in the Cause become what it has in just four years? And I'm like, you know, number one, the grace of God. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the grace of God. <laughs> and number two, we're about relationship, not experience. Um, everybody has a purpose your very last breath. And one of the things that my mom always said was giving equals joy, joy equals hope, hope equals healing. And through giving, this journey has really been birthed, and it's why we have almost 500 volunteers. In fact, the majority of the volunteers that we have were helped. Um, you know, a little example, we go to Tulsa Cancer Institute, now OCSRI, and we visit patients and deliver care packages mm -hmm. to them. And when we were delivering one care package, this one little man, this one little man said, um, I, he just cussed us out. He didn't <laughs> want any part of it. But you know what? I understand that because those emotions are, you were raw. And he had just gotten news that yeah. he had the worst type of cancer there was. And uh -huh. he had literally umph weeks. So he, I, I dropped the little dog by his chair and a little care package and said, you can take it or you can leave it. We care about you. Well, the next day he contacted me and apologized for the way he was. And he said, I want to tell you, I was heartbroken. I don't have that much longer. 
He said, I went to um, out to eat. I left the dog that you gave me on the chair, but I went back and got it for some reason and put it in the dash of my car. When I got to the restaurant, um, there was a family that I heard talking about their daughter who had terminal cancer. My mind got off of me and onto that family. I wanted to give them something. I wanted to help. And he said, I went out to the car because I remembered I had that little stuffed dog. And mm -hmm. I got that dog, brought it in, gave it to that family. And he said, Lisa, the second that dog left my hand, something happened to me. I got my fight back. He said, I think you might say I got zapped with joy. <laughs> he said, I found my purpose. And that sweet little man became a volunteer and helped us make tutus. And he made a mean tutu. And he's, he came to me one day, and he was so sweet. He didn't have much longer, and he said, I wish I would have met you earlier in my life because it changed the course of my life. If only I would have gotten this concept earlier. Yeah, no, and what I absolutely love about that story, is I, I was actually going to ask you to tell that story because I remember hearing it for the first time. I did much better this time. I didn't even tear up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I... I always, uh, when I first learned about the organizations, I, I looked at the stuffed animals and I looked at the different things that you did and I was like, oh, that's nice. Right. You know, that's a, that's a nice thing to do, but does it really do something? And then when I heard that story, it completely changed uh, my, my viewpoint of it to where that one thing could literally be the thing that that person holds on to that helps get them through. And it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take anything massive. Um, I think you say something along the lines of what 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 di what a, what difference can a little bit of joy make? Mm -hmm. And I think after hearing that story, you realize how much of a difference joy can make. Uh, what was it your mom said? It was uh, hope. Giving equals joy. Giving equals joy. Joy equals hope, and hope equals healing. Healing. Yeah, and it's so funny that you mentioned that because the little stuffed Mavis dogs are the calling card of joy in the cause. Yeah. You know that we've been there when you see us, but. We also do a lot of monetary donations. We have done more than ever this year financially for patients from paying bills to um, from paying bills to gas cards, to money cards, to house cleanings. And um, the little Mavis dogs always accompany those care packages. Yeah. But it's really funny that you say that because some of the most heart-wrenching, sweet, precious moments have been in the delivery of those dogs. We give them to our soldiers, yep. and I just received a picture of a soldier sitting in the desert with that Mavis dog mm -hmm. in his backpack, and he said, this is my reminder that I'm not forgotten, yeah. that I'm coming home. And we send those out in boxes full. We help our veteran committee, our military committee. It's exploded. Yeah. Um, and the care packages, you know, one of the things that we've done a lot more this year than ever, and a lot of people don't realize it, is we adopt hospice facilities and we do a lot of hospice work. We've lost a lot of people this year. Oh, wow. And um, this is a tearjerker. It's hard to lose those kids. It's hard to lose those people. And I sat with a little lady this week who was saying goodbye to her husband. And she grabbed my hand and she said, Thank you. You're the only people who will be here in this raw, raw place. And when you're in those last moments, it's not pretty. It's mm -hmm. not pretty. But there is such a need there that people don't realize they need people. And I remember being in hospice with mom, um, how much it meant for us to have people come and visit. 
for someone to bring money or gas cards or food or to sit or give them a break, it was so needed. The hospice work that we do has really grown. And um, some of the most precious moments have been with these families. And someone said to me recently, you know, I bet you need to build walls so that this doesn't affect you and you can just go on without reaction since you deal in such an emotional field. Yeah, you're field. around it all the time. We wouldn't be joy in the cause if we did. Yeah. It's about relationship. I would so much rather go through this with these families, become family with them, because when the crisis is over or when the loved one is lost and you hear crickets, that's yeah. when the people are gone. Yeah. But that's when we show up. It's just the, the the miracle stories of even just those little Mavis dogs, even in like lifelike. I just had a call recently of a little boy they went to and they were losing his heart rate. They call it Code Mavis. They were like, Code Mavis. And they found the little dog that we had on, on the helicopter and they put it in his hand. His heart rate shot right back up. And they got him to the hospital and he pulled through. They weren't about to take that Mavis dog out of his hand. Mm -hmm. And every Mavis dog that we have is handmade, the, the outfit on it's handmade, and they all leave with a prayer and a blessing for whoever they're going to. 38,000 of those have left with care packages. Yeah. No dog is the same. And, you know, that alone has brought the community together in such a precious way. Those volunteers came in by the droves. Last night our office was packed with volunteers making tutus, sewing outfits, making cards that go with them. It's that personal touch. When you get a care package and you see there's not a typewritten form, right. there is a heartfelt note written by a student, someone who's gone through it, um, that's with that package and has that hand touch um, along with whatever item they might, might need. You know, one little lady said to me, can you just come over and bring me a rotisserie chicken <laughs> and talk about anything but cancer for an hour? And I said, well, I think I can do that. Yeah. So I went and got a rotisserie chicken, and we laughed. We did scrapbooking. We sang songs, and we had an absolute blast. And she didn't have that much longer, and she said that was the most fun that I can even remember, which is like a little 97-year-old man through our Purpose Project. We help seniors. Um our senior citizens, I don't think many are aware of how dire the need is to help these seniors with all the cuts that have been happening. And we got a call to come and, and see if we could help a little man that had literally, the family had driven up to the front door, dropped him off, and left him. Yeah. And he didn't leave his room for a year. So they said, can you please come try to see if you can get him out? So I, I brought, brought Mavis. I brought <laughs> Mavis with me. If anyone can get anyone out, it'll be Mavis. So um, we went and we looked at the little man and we just kind of sat in the room, not very far into the room. And Mavis kind of gave a high five and he kind of peeked out from under his sheet and Mavis pulled back and I let us, we just went on down the hall and then pretty soon the little man peered out of the room and I knew he was going to come out and he wheeled himself out and Mavis just ran to him, put her head in his lap and he held her and just sobbed. I mean, it was one of those sobs from the soul and we got him a little Mavis dog and he held it and he he whispered in my ear and he said you're not coming back are you and that's when the purpose project was born and actually first mortgage in town adopted that facility through our purpose project and they go every month wow. and they bring care packages play games do um, pampering days and so the the community through organizations schools businesses we've adopted 
nursing facilities and hospice facilities so that every month these seniors get fun visits. And it's really opened the doors for students to just gravitate toward these seniors. And it's so fun. One little girl left as we were walking out of a visit. One of the students said, I think I found my purpose. She said, I had so much fun listening to that story. Did you know that man fought in the war? Yeah. And I was like, World War II. And so <laughs> she got a history lesson, and he was in heaven because she wanted to hear it. And so many times I leave, and they're like, thank you for listening to me, for really listening to me. Mm-hmm. You wanted to hear my story. And the simplest things can make the biggest difference. And she went on to do Adopt-A-Grandparents and help with their school, and, um, you know, our students getting involved in this organization really touches my heart, because if we can reach the kids, and they can grasp the concept of how giving truly heals and changes lives, mm-hmm. it's life-changing. Well, I'm, gr- I'm, I'm so glad you brought up students, because really, the, the, the whole point of the podcast, and I say it a lot, is, is we want to reach that next generation. We want to help those guys that are just getting started in their career. They're just getting started with their family. And part of it was essentially me trying to talk to my 10-year younger self. And uh, I actually, we just did a podcast with Scott Taylor, and we got really deep into empathy. And I don't know how we got down uh, on, on that path. It was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but a little bit of a history on me. I'm not an emotional person. Uh, I do, I'm very logical. I'm very calculated. And I make decisions based on logic. And so when we were talking about empathy, I was realizing, and, and through some other um, things that I've been doing recently, found out that empathy is a real thing. And it's, it's something that I would never have, and especially 10 years ago, would have never even thought of. I would have, I would have viewed it as just something like, oh, I feel bad for you. You know, that, <laughs> you know that, was, that's, that was tough, man. You're going through a tough thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. But what I, what I didn't realize was the power of empathy, and it's, for me, it's it's almost like I'm I'm learning a lot through this and and, and trying to exercise it more because uh, you know if even that guy that you talked about said wish I wish I had met you earlier I, I wish I had known about you know being a servant being a servant and how that really has a true greatness tied to it I probably would have lived a more fulfilled life and so I, I want to speak directly to the people who are like me and just say that. If you can find ways to exercise empathy, not just go through the motions, but get yourself uncomfortable and get yourself in those mm-hmm. situations where you can really see that uh, by just saying, I've been there, I've done that, and what kind of a response you get from people, I think you'll really truly understand the power of empathy because I love how empathy uh, and joy lead to hope and healing. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times you look at everybody around you, you look at the highlights on Facebook and you look at all the, the, the good parts of people's life and I think you forget that there's so many people out there that are hurting. And, and Lisa, you're working with the ones that are probably hurting the most, but I think it extends just mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. you know going to hospitals and, 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 and meeting with people who are older. It's all around us. And so having the ability to tie in with an organization like Join the Cause where you can be personable, you can say that I've been there, and you can really give back, I believe that that will help give joy to not just the people that you're trying to reach, but the people involved. Well, you know, one thing about this whole journey is 
you really can't fulfill your calling inside your box. Yeah. It's stepping outside of the box, outside of your comfort zone. And so many people, I can't even count them, that are just like what you're talking about. Uh-huh. They're very logical. You know, I have a child that's just like that. And I had a, um, a student that I recently went and we spoke to, very logical, very thought process. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was speaking to the, the school, he had his feet kicked up and he said a few cuss words under his breath. She did. <laughs> and um, was like, I think this is a crock. Yeah. This is stupid. I mean, seriously. And my eye caught her when I was speaking. And as I looked around, you are so right. There are so many, every one of us is dealing with something, yeah. hurting on a different place. You may not have some horrible life-altering illness, but you may be going through something that's heartbreaking emotionally. Mm-hmm. This concept works for anything, and I can say that it does because I've had to literally put it to practice. Yeah. And so I, this little girl at the end of this little talk that I was giving, she came up to me, and the students were going to go sponsor Mavis dogs, go delivering them, deliver them, and... I was going to come back and talk to them. She didn't want any part of it, but I said, I want to give you a Mavis dog, and I want you to go deliver this dog. And she did. She sponsored it and um, did everything that the kids were doing. And when I came back, um, she ran up to me and was not the same girl. And um, she just didn't even – she didn't even, She looked different. Yeah. She hugged me, and she goes, I want you to know you've, this has changed my life. And I said, well, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I know I was mean to you, really mean. But she said, um, I, that day she was planning her suicide and she had it down to a T, but as a dare, she was going to go through this and see if it really worked. And yeah. so she did. And she said, I went and she said, I thought to myself, how is going and doing this going to solve anything or change anything mm-hmm. in her mind? It was impossible. So she went and she said, I went to the hospital and I had this little Mavis dog that I sponsored. I dressed (laughs) and this family was dealing with a little child that was critically ill and I got to go in there and make a difference. And I really did make a difference, Lisa. And I said, I believe it. Mm -hmm. And she said, that moment changed my life. And um, she's in medical school now. I mean, yeah, talk about thinking, brain, logical. (laughs) Yes. And so she's in medical school now. And someone said to me, can five minutes of joy make a difference? And I'm always saying, you know, ask this girl. Five minutes of joy changed the course of her life. And um, when you you put it into action, that's when it starts to take growth. Um, You know, you can think about it all day. And and, um, someone said to me the other day, well, this is easy for you to talk about because you – Life is great. You're not sick. And that morning, I couldn't feel my legs. I was having problems walking. I was like, okay, this is one of those days where I'm going to put into action getting up, getting out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to give. And I had some nursing and hospice facilities to visit that day. And I got up and I said, Lord, I'm putting one foot in front of the other. You take it from there. That was one of the best days of my life. Um, that started out difficult, but, you know, I had a purpose for that day. And, you know, it's, it's really through this journey that I have found my true purpose. Mm-hmm. One thing my mom always said along those lines with empathy that you were talking about was she said, you know, Lisa, it's almost like Christmas every day. You've got gifts under the tree. Um, and she used to always use little pictures for me. And she said, a lot of them you haven't opened. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, Lisa, there's some gifts under there that aren't wrapped really nicely. You don't want to open them. 
you know, and one of those gifts was even accepting that I even had any gifts and talents to give. Mm -hmm. One of them might be, I don't have sympathy or empathy for people. Lord, can you use this? Yeah. One was autoimmune disease and cancer. And mom said, and I was like, yeah, well, that's want, not I, a gift. I, don't want to I know, I don't want to unwrap it. And she goes, Lisa, you know how many thousands have been reached because of this journey? She said, God saw it as a gift. And look, we're doing, she lived five years, not five months. And yeah. this organization began. I'm still walking because of what I do every day. And so I make sure every night that there's not one gift that I have not unwrapped that God may have given me that day that I might not have wanted to open. And, you know, she used to always say, what you see is what you're looking for. Yeah. When I would have a bad day and I'd come in whining, and she says, what were you looking for, Lisa? And I would say all these negative things. And she'd say, well, that's why you had a bad day. And I found every single I one of them. I found every single one of them. <laughs> she goes, well, why don't you start looking for the treasure in that day? And so I started. And sure enough, before I knew it, I listed about 10 things. And she said, do you know that I've just seen your whole face, facial expression change? There was treasure in that day. And she said, Lisa, in this dark, dark place, the brightest treasure was found that was life-changing. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, she, she, would, she loved to do puzzles. And she'd always hold up this puzzle of this beautiful sunset that she had done. And she said, what makes the sun rise and the sunset just pop out in brilliance? said the shading mm -hmm. she goes when you're in a dark place in life that's an intricate part of the puzzle but it's necessary because the sun is coming the sun <laughs> is coming it's the shading that makes it brighter right. but if you take that piece of the puzzle out it's not complete it's what you do with the piece now i have been known to get a hammer and hammer <laughs> hammer puzzle pieces in because I will make this fit. they fit yeah. well it doesn't work that way so um it's fun to see God place all of those dark things into making one amazing picture. But again, it's it's how you look at it and how you perceive it um, and how you, how you choose to walk out the journey. And some days, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a choice. You know, I, I always say, and mom always brought me up saying, you know, sometimes joy is the hardest choice you'll ever make, but it's always the right choice. And it is always still a choice. It's a choice. It's never, it's never not a choice. It's never not a choice. Yeah. Right. And it's really just the, and happiness and joy are different. Yeah. You know, and I found that because that joy, I can be sad in my heart. I can have something really sad happen and, and have that sad emotion. But that joy, thank you, Lord, is always, always there when I choose it. Yeah. And um, we, we see such transforming moments with, um, patients, with people we work with, um, you know, even families that we work with who are dealing with suicide. Yeah. There's nobody for them. And um, it's, they're hurting. There's raw emotions. And a lot of the emotions that we deal with are raw and, mm. and hopeless. But we, you know, we dealt with a family recently that lost their son to a horrible cancer. They volunteered through his entire journey mm. from the day he was diagnosed. They were volunteering. They were giving care packages to families dealing with that same type of a cancer. And they're now starting one of our projects called Joy in the Adventure that's going to be helping children who have faced loss. And so they're taking that pain, and they're helping other people through it. So it's, wow. it's, it's amazing. That, that is amazing, and I love how much it's growing. I mean, it sounds like every time I talk to you, there's, there's, a, new growing, there's, a, there's a new initiative tied to it. <laughs> One thing I, I mean, you said a lot there, and I, I don't know that I'll be able to cover all of it, but 
what I wanted to kind of highlight was that you need to be willing to change your mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that oh yes, I think that w- with that first story you talked about with that girl who took the uh, the Mavis Pearl doll uh, dog to the to the hospital, that was something where she was like, okay, I'm slightly open to changing my mind mm-hmm. here, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm willing to test this. And I think that. You know, again, going back to me, I'm a kind of a stubborn person too. I always, I, I, I I'm typically right, and so therefore, <laughs> I, therefore, I believe that I'm always right, and so I get stuck in that mentality of I, I'm not going to change my mind on this. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes, and like what you said, you get outside of that box, you get outside of that comfort zone, you will find that there are things other than your perspective that come into play. And if you're willing to change your mind, if you're willing to give something a chance, and I and I know that, again, when when you're young, you feel like you know it all. You got the the wool by the tail. What you ultimately find out is the older you get, and this is something I've heard that I've definitely related to. The older you get, the more you realize you don't know. And, <laughs> and, yep. and, and I believe that as you kind of get into it, you you start looking around and saying, "I would have never known this." had I not been open to it. Mm-hmm. I, if I would have never looked for these kinds of things, like you talked about, you're, you're going you're gonna to find what you look for. If I'm only looking for the areas where I'm right, I'm only going to find those things. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to change your mind, you're willing to be open to the idea of empathy, of compassion, uh, you're going to find that those things, I believe, help you find your purpose. And I, I know that you're a big proponent of purpose, and so I want to kind of give you a second to talk about that a little bit. But purpose is so important, especially the younger you are. What I'm learning is that, yes, when you're 20, when you're 30, you can do pretty much anything you want. Mm-hmm. You do have that ability. But as you get older, it's not just about being able to do all those things. It's what are the things that align with your purpose to where you'll be truly fulfilled mm-hmm. and the most successful. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your, uh, your viewpoint of purpose and what purpose means to you. Well, it's it's really interesting as you're talking about that. I'm thinking about I am basically a very, very stubborn person. And um, if you would have talked to me about 10 years ago, I would have not even said, I would have said, there's no way that I would be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. Wearing a chicken suit and chemo appointments, doing all these things. And my number one fear, Evan, was death. Yeah. Death. I was so afraid of losing my mom. I don't think that's just you. I think there's a lot of people that uh, yeah, are concerned yeah, about you know, that. Yeah, you uh, know, uh, yeah. And, and I would just like, I can't lose my mom. I can't lose dad. I can't lose, you know. And that was such a big fear. And I could not get up and speak in front of people. I was just a, a different person. Yeah. And so when this whole journey hit, it forced me to get outside of my comfort zone. And that's when God really dealt with my heart. It's going to be outside of the comfort zone that you're going to find your true purpose. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say I found my true calling through this journey. And many, many, many years ago, even as I walked through other trials in life, that seed was there and that same desire was there. It was through these series of events that Mm -hmm. brought that purpose to to come to fruition. And those kids out there that... um, are, you know, teens in college, um, you know, younger 20s that um, they have a desire, they have, they know what they love to do. 
It's really in giving in whatever area you're interested in. Mm -hmm. If you set out and you give in that area, something, a light bulb goes off. You will have an aha moment. I promise. I mean, if you are an electrician, if you've got a calling to go and, um, you know, visit veterans or you want to go be a pathologist, given the area of your, where you, what you love to do. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the doors that will open. And I knew what my love was. And through this dark journey, I planted in the area of my love, which was people, which was kids, which was hurting people. And the doors just swung wide open. And many times the thing that is our aha moment is when we're going through a crisis because we're vulnerable Mm -hmm. and we're at that place of what now? We're kind of forced out of our, outside of our comfort zone. Or maybe I can't do this on my own. Maybe I can't do this on my own. And that's what we find a lot of times. And my prayer every day is, you know, Lord, let me always know I can't do this on my own. I've got to have your help. I can't do this without you. Mm-hmm. And so it's really getting outside of your comfort zone that catapults you to that place. Um, you know, it was funny because I was asked to do a video talk on uh, Max Lucado who I love, his Traveling Light series. The, the part that I was supposed to talk on was releasing the burden of the grave. I was speaking on death. And now I am in hospices mm-hmm. dealing with that every day. My fear was death. What an honor it is now to be with those families. That was something I was so close-minded to. If you would have said, Lisa, you're going to be, I would have said, there's no way. There is no way I'm yeah. going to be doing this. It was through this journey that, I had to become vulnerable and just one little step forward of giving. And it just having that little crack of an open mind, if you can just open it up a little bit, it's amazing what will happen and, and how much it will just take off. And you will find that aha moment and that purpose. Yeah. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about death, not, not in, the, in the negative sense of it, but it kind of ties a little bit to um, – something that Emeka said on, on one of the podcasts. It was, I think, about two podcasts before this. And he says, invest in the things that outlast you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I've, I've not been close to death. Um, I've had people around me that have died, but it's never been, with the exception of, like, some grandparents, it hasn't been truly a real thing to me. Like, I'm aware of it, um, but not probably near in the experience that you have. But I would be curious to kind of here as you're close to those people and as they're they're going through that last couple of weeks or, or, mm-hmm. or, the, or they're, they're understanding that this is coming um do you believe in that statement that says invest in the things that will outlast you do those people have those whether it be regrets or that fulfillment on the other side that they either have done that or they wish that they had i love that invest in the areas of greatment of mm-hmm. greatness and um, the greatest things in life are not things, they're moments. Yes. Invest in those things that matter. Mm. Invest in those things that live on. And I want to in those last moments. You know, one thing about my mom's death is she had not one regret. Mm-hmm. She had invested in greatness. Mm-hmm. She wanted this legacy of joy to continue. And she invested the toughest years of her life and made those great. Yeah. Because she wanted joy to continue on. And she wanted to pour into me that concept that invest in that greatness. Mm -hmm. I could not agree with that more. Um, And even if you have gone through things in your life and you have nothing but regrets, we all have those. It's never too late to change. 
and start pouring into others. And it truly is in giving that you get those um, wonderful feelings of not regretting. You get the fulfilling that, you know, someone said, well, it's too late for me because I've just lived a life and I have nothing but regrets. I'm like, it's not too late to change it though. It's not too late to change it. And it's been so fun to watch her get on board and volunteer. And she is one of the most fulfilled people I have ever seen. And she, it all came through giving, through mm-hmm. serving. And um, those moments of greatness just happen when you're giving to others. Yes. Because you are not thinking about yourself. You are outside of your comfort zone. And I'm telling you, I have never seen God show up more miraculously than when I am outside of my comfort zone. And um, I want to definitely be able to say I have not one regret, that I have fulfilled my calling. And that calling comes from our purpose. And it all kind of ties together. It just kind of all weaves together like a big fun story. (laughs) Well, one of the the quotes that I was thinking about when you were talking about that is, uh, especially when you're talking about that person who says it's too late, you know, I, I can't do anything. And there's a John, I believe it's John Maxwell quote that says, you can't change, you can't change your destination overnight, mm-hmm. but you can change your direction. And I think it all comes down to, and I talk about thought changes a lot, changing your thought life, changing your mentality, being open to change, being open to being wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, even now, even now, if I had made these changes 10 years ago or had that different mentality, I think it have drastically changed the course of my life in terms mm-hmm. of fulfillment, in terms of joy, in terms of success, or what I view as success. So I think there's just there's so much there, but um, I, I want to, first of all, thank you for taking the time to kind of share your story, share the heart of Joy in the Cause, uh, if, if you don't mind. Uh, what How do people connect with Joy in the Cause? And, and I do want to also have you talk a little bit about your upcoming gala and how people can get involved with that. Awesome. Well, you can reach us on our website at joyinthecause.org, and we have an office right past 41st and Harvard at 3939 South Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, we love anyone who wants to come to it to come out. We're on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, and we do have our annual gala coming up on April the 21st, and we are so thrilled that YBT, Tulsa, yep. Man, um, Tulsa Christian Businessmen, and Tulsa Women's Fellowship are collaborating partners this year with us. And um, it's our biggest fundraiser that helps us raise the bulk of the funds that we need monthly um, because the need is ever growing. Like with the backpack project, when those backpacks are given, we fill them back up. The yeah. need is never ending. Oh, yeah. So this is a huge gala for us, but it's like no other gala you will ever attend. It is so much fun. Um, we've got a lot of surprises. Leanne Taylor, Grady Nichols, Kelly Ford. We've got a motorcycle giveaway. We've got... Just a lot of surprises. And my favorite part is it's casual. You don't have to wear a black tie <laughs> or a long still dress. I'm dress up for it. I can't go to a gala and not dress up. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> it doesn't feel right to me. But it's at the Renaissance this year. And it is, it's, it, you will, our, our mission for that um, is you leave changed. Yes. You leave with a whole different perspective. You know where every penny of your money goes. And you leave with a whole different perspective about joy and purpose. Well, I went to the gala last year, and uh, actually a past podcast uh, guest, Lisa Riley. Yay, Lisa! Was, she was on the podcast. She was actually our first female guest on the podcast, and she was your keynote speaker last yep. year. She did a fantastic job. She spoke very highly of you. Uh, and just, she told, actually, she told me her story of how uh, she had invited <laughs> you to come speak at her class, and she thought you were like something with animal rescue because of Mavis Pearl. 
And then, and then when it was all said and done, like, because she talked about on the podcast, she talked about how she had gotten cancer. Yeah. And how you were, I think you were there day one. Yeah, her and first just chemo. How much that meant to her, and so it's it's so great to have you on the on the on the the podcast as well to kind of share the heart of joining the cause. Pretty much everybody that I tell about it or that has heard of the organization has wonderful things to say. And hopefully through this, we have the ability to kind of reach out to people beyond Tulsa. I mean, we have people that listen mm-hmm. in all different locations. And, you know, it doesn't have to be joining the cause in Tulsa. If, if, you, if this is something that's really connecting with you and you're in, in a different city, that just means that there's a need there that mm-hmm. needs to be met. And so, you know, now you're educated. Now you know. Now you know this thing exists. And it's up to you to get outside of that comfort zone and, and try to make a difference in your community. So, Lisa... Thank you for taking the time to, to join us and share, share your story. And uh, is there anything that you wanted to kind of leave with the listeners before we close? Uh, no, it's just been an honor to talk to you. And, and if they want to come to the office and take a tour and chat, we'd love to meet everybody. Yes, br- just... Bring your Kleenexes if you come okay. to the office. <laughs> Kleenex. If, yeah, if she, sh- if, you sh- if she shows any kind of videos, just be ready. <laughs> it, it, she has a very good way of pulling at your heart. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, well, everybody, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.